0: Welcome to Peer to Peer Real Estate Show. I'm your host, William Morales. And on today's show, I have Barbara Lewandowska. Did I pronounce that last name right? Did uh, I get close I, to it?
1: Yes. <laughs> so, how do, uh, it? how do you pronounce it?
0: Lewandowska,
1: Lewandowska. Lewandowska.
0: Yes. So, Barbara, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, so, yeah, I came to New York a um, long time ago, in the late 80s and um, straight from school. And I walked out uh, from the subway around, uh, I think was uh, around Fifth Avenue and 30th. And I looked outside and I'm like, this is the place I want to spend the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) Wow, how old
1: were you? I was young in my 20s, yes. Okay, okay. But uh, early 20s, right out of school and, I was just amazed by the vibrance of the city and just like and right.
0: I stayed, yeah. No, no, listen, I mean I, I understand. I mean New York it, it's as I say, it's a city that never sleeps. So Barbara, you're in in you're in the architectural field. Was it was that something that you were kind of born with or did that was that a gradual process that you became an architect? How did that happen?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. And mainly because it takes me back uh, very far. (laughs) That started, uh, you know, that I really wanted to become a painter an artist. I was, it was in me. And um, I had a long conversation with my parents who didn't regard it as necessarily as a profession for me to be in, uh, just because it wasn't, uh, it was fluid, uh, so. What they said was go to uh, if you go to engineering school and graduate and then you can do whatever you want so i kind of compromised um i went to um, engineering school i finished it and then i never wanted to do it again uh, but somehow my drive for paintings and colors and admiration for you know all the uh, beautiful art uh, that was done in the world, kind of made me think about architecture and that's how I gravitated to architectural uh, profession. So I went to uh, college for to do just architecture right. and it was actually very fulfilling for me because it combined what I kind of learned, but I didn't give up you know so it kind of melted together into into, um into a professional and that's what i want to say is it actually influenced how i see architecture because um you know some architects may uh, shy away from colors and run into cementitious materials for all these gray shades and it's cool it's beautiful but I like to introduce colors, and um, I'm really very much concerned about light. Um, So, you know, that's what makes you different. But I'm also very much concerned about engineering and how things are built, uh, because that kind of became uh, my second nature as well. So, you know, it's, it's interesting how those uh, seemingly separate uh, kind of approaches can actually become one. And, and I think that's um, what makes us unique. And uh, that's what made, you know, me unique, I believe.
0: Right. You know, and when I'm in the city and, you, and you know, um, Barbara's also uh, lives in New York, we see the magnificent buildings that are out there that are... I mean, put together by construction workers, engineers, um, architects, and I'm just amazed at how they come up with a design, how they come up with the shape of a building, what makes them want to use, let's say, uh, mostly glass, or they want to use a shade of gray, like in one of the buildings, you know, in my job, you know, the side of the building is just gray. But then the front of it, it's it's it seems like it's all, not glass, but there's like it's like a shade of black. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with your like your designs? Is it is this something that you envision, or is it the developer tells you, Barbara? I'm well, for, yeah. yeah, I want you know, like does the, the, the developer tell you this is what his vision is, and then you put it on paper and 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 build the model? How, how does that process okay. work?
1: Okay, so it um. It's it's actually very interesting process and the key word here is uh, is process. It's not one thing. It has to develop. Right. It's not like you can come up with a sketch. Uh, yes, there are sketches and yes, they become buildings. But really, um, it's hard work that has to combine a lot of forces into one physical. Um, object that is inhabited by people so you have the site uh, i mean the building is going to be different when it's facing um, hudson river uh, <laughs> like the ayak building that could uh, be a uh, reminiscent of um, uh, you know boats or sails i should right. say or if it's on um, uh, you know where the Broadway uh, in intersects with a grid and then you might have a triangular ideas and then it's going to be different where you have, you know, so site uh, definitely gives you some clues of what the building can become. Right. Of course, developers and owners and uh, have a vision and aspiration for a certain, um, you know, certain impact on right. the environment so there is environment that is one force and there is the vision that wants to create an impact on that environment and then there are building codes and regulations that will you know give you restrictions and sometimes these restrictions can become actually a trade-off for you know like uh and zoning you can build a taller building but you have to give a better um public space on the ground floor, so you can trade off. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily just one layer of, um, you know, building code regulations, but it's another force that will shape those buildings. And then, of course, uh, there are, there's all, every project has an inherent uh, budget. You know, nothing is limitless. <laughs> And then there are construction materials uh, that are, you know, have certain properties that you have to consider. You know, some of them may be heavier and straighter and some of them might be easier to fold, you know, so depending on what your vision may be uh, for materials will help you shape that vision as well. So there is a lot of these forces and a lot of knowledge that comes into understanding how they put together. So another very important thing you have to understand is how construction industry uh, will have it built. You cannot design unbuildable buildings. Right, right, of course. So that, uh, that. yeah. So I think the the fun part is to understand all these forces, and uh, it's like a river—you make them flow into one direction to fulfill that one goal. So, so that initial sketch uh, sometimes develops into um, something else you know and that's beautiful because then it's part of that particular site and that particular moment and history that reflects uh you know all the needs uh, that have to be taken care of so right. I, I, that's that's nice
0: so when you get uh you know you get the design you you know you get the plan like i said the process let's say there's 10 steps and i'm just throwing a number at you uh, mm-hmm. it could be more it could be less but let's say it was 10 steps and and now you have everything. Um, now you have to obviously get the like you said, which is I never thought about it because I mean I'm not into that this type of field. You got to get the building permits. You got to get the zone, the planning, the zoning, and all that. Um, do you build the model first to show? the the developer hey this is what it would look like or is it just basically a drawing of, of what you think the developer wants like is there a combination of both of the sketches and the, and the oh yeah model?
1: yes you have to build a model um, and um, you know it's it's a must uh, to understand three-dimensional space i mean sometimes i can walk and and uh, and see it, but uh, it's hard to see without a physical model. So now it's actually beyond the physical or virtual models. It's virtual reality is taking place. So you can build the model. Like I prefer physical models because they are, you know, something you can look inside. You understand it better. But I also make my notes on paper. You know, <laughs>
0: right, right, of course, of course. <laughs> it's so just how- me. <laughs> how long does that, that process take to build the mo- the sketches and the model, or and and you know like does the, the developer need that within a yeah. certain amount of time? What's the process and the time limit of uh, getting something like that to the developer?
1: Oh yeah, no, that t- that takes some time. You know, it's few weeks. Um, you know, the design process uh, depends on the size of the project, of course, and how complicated things are. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's more complicated in different phases. Like if you want to take down a, a landmark building uh, wow. and replace it with something else, it can take years, uh, you know, to go through the process. If you want uh, to renovate a building, but it's uh, there's some restriction for whatever reason, you know, maybe longer uh, as well, you know, so, and sometimes, but just the model itself, it really depends it also develops you've never built one model you you build a model you know to convey a vision and then perhaps another one and then you revise it you develop it so that's what we uh, call development of the design and then once development is uh, settled then you produce uh, construction drawings which are more technical in nature and then that Based on uh, technical drawings or construction drawings, uh, then you can get the price and um, and then eventually have it built.
0: So, for someone like you, Barbara, you've been in the field for a long time now. Um, like, do you? For lack of a better word, do you advertise? You know your business, or most of your clients come from word of mouth. And you know, like some developer says, "Hey, I know Barbara. My God, she's wonderful. I think you should look her up." Or is a combination of of regular advertisement and word of mouth.
1: I mean, I personally uh, am a word of mouth person. Mm -hmm. I uh, (laughs) somehow, uh, uh, you know, of course, there's. networking and meeting people and and uh, it's a person personal relationship no i mean look at it this way any project even a small project costs millions of dollars and how would you google i mean you find someone and you check the credentials you see what they do but i don't believe this is some service that you would want to have um working relationship with someone you don't know something about so i think it's more of a i don't know how to express it properly but it's no, but more you, but a personal relationship and trust that you have to build um and and people you're working with and no, that actually Yes. No, it's
0: like you just said, though, Barbara, it's, it's you know, whether if, if you don't do that, that model of advertising, you know, putting your website on social media, but if you go to networking events, hey, that's just as good. You hand out your business card. People can look at your website. Uh, ask around. Hey, what, what do you think about Barbara and you know and her designs and her, her her fees and all that? So yeah, it's it's all about networking, meeting the right people, and you know I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean, it it's pretty much with every piece of work or or investment that we do. It's all about networking. So, with what's happening in the world today with the pandemic? Has it affected your business greatly, or is it somewhat business as usual?
1: Um well not, not nothing is business as usual um, uh, you know we did get affected of course mm-hmm. um, i I don't think uh, I think we managed actually quite well uh, the transition to working remotely because a lot of our work is being done on uh, computers and that has been set up as a network mm-hmm. but um I, I think the lack of um, um, I mean, it's been only a couple of months, but uh, right. looking into the future, if you don't do it continuously, you have to um, uh, kind of rely on people um, from that you already know.
0: Right.
1: For the future but uh so in terms of like working um, uh, capability i th- i think we are fine the transition was not too bad but envisioning the future and how this will affect the uh, building industry is um, is something nobody knows like we don't, don't know to what we
0: yeah know. no no i agree yeah. um so for your designs right you obviously you want to make it last and create sustainable buildings what goes into that type of process uh is it the building materials itself if if my question made sense like how do you you know like i said that obviously the, the design then you have you know i think everything's going what they say lead uh, uh right you know it's all yeah. energy savings and you know so you want to you know create sustainable buildings how is that process yes that you come up with or or is this conjunction with the developer? But it's mostly you, I'm I'm assuming, because you're the one that has the idea?
1: Well, okay, so there is a a couple of parts to this uh, question, actually very interesting. Um, One thing, uh, there's two major uh, ways to understand uh, sustainability, and one is, It has been known since uh, cave dwellings that air ventilation Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, how the buildings, how the shelters at the time worked, evacuating the heat uh, with a hole on the top and being comfortable in Arizona caves, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually amazing how much they understood and how far, you know, with our urban uh, development, how far away from it we become uh, by, you know, relying on um, mechanical ventilation. Right. So I think creating the shapes of the building that respond uh, to natural ventilation and respecting the light, uh, natural light coming in, you know, uh, is kind of part of the building that has to be... um, considered whether you collect the lead point or not i think as a matter of good practice you should do it for any building right. and then there is second part that is um, you know that is really more uh, towards materials uh, so saving energy is one thing and then using new materials uh, or ma- old materials in a new way to save them is very important, so that we produce less waste. Um, In other words, um, there is, um, you know, not necessarily reusing all materials, although that can be kind of interesting, Uh, but in my opinion, is using the materials in the right way that can last for a longer time and not to be not, not to be demolished in two years or five years. You know what I mean? It's uh, something that is, uh, has a lasting value and and is more timeless and less trendy and doesn't follow necessarily a trend. Uh, uh, you know that is not going to last for a long time. Then then the value of the building is in the fact that it will be popular or working properly for mm. years to come. And I think this is um, maybe not directly, um, you know, sustainable building or green building, as as you call it, but it creates a value of the building that, uh, that will last for a long time and therefore create less impact on the environment.
0: Right. Because, yeah. you know, I just see, you know, when I'm in the city, like there was one building I went to, this is years ago, and, you know, I, I, I guess it was, I don't even know what you, what you called it. it. I think it was the Bank of America building on the west side. And this is, like, years ago. And I remember it was raining, and, and I was taking some real estate classes, like, for extra credit. Anyway, we went to this building, and, Barbara, we saw on the, on the floor that if you stand on it, um, like, a, a small, he, uh, you know, heating system uh, came up and like almost dried your shoes. It was amazing. I was like, Whoa, what the, and you know, so the, the, you know, the class we took, I think it it, it was part of, it was about, uh, I think engineering or something like that. I can't remember this is years ago, but I was amazed. And, but I remember the building was bank of America and you just saw like the technology and, and my God, it was so far beyond us when we went to this building are we seeing more technology like that where you know you come out of the rain and you stand in some ventilation or some air duct and all of a sudden two minutes later we're going to be dry i mean is that the future well you know i,
1: um, I uh, you know glass buildings uh, they are making glass um, i i don't think we're ready for it yet but um, there is a company um I think in Illinois that is that is making glass pavers right. that we use on a, not on on the sidewalks but also on the streets mm-hmm. and um, they have uh, uh, they respond to um you, you know to um solar energy and melt the snow so no more salt <laughs> no more um uh, you know, towers of snow between the sidewalk and, and, and the, you know, and the street. Right. Um, oh my
0: God. That's amazing. Jeez. I mean, wh- who would, I mean, what we would think of next. So Barbara, as, as obviously, you know, with what's happening out there in the world and, you know, we never could predict anything, but is there any current projects you were working on? I mean, you don't have to give you a secret, obviously, because of, uh, you know, you don't want people at the competition to know, but were there any projects that you were currently working on or about to work on, but it's unfortunately been put on hold because of what's happening? Oh, yeah.
1: Projects were put on hold. Uh, they were not canceled, but yes, uh, some projects were put on hold and some projects are uh, going ahead. So we shall see. I think that, uh, you, you know, like, unfortunately, disasters, um, you know, happen but they also shape uh, our world in a certain way. There were disasters with fire and they shaped our buildings so they are resistant to fire. Right. And uh, there were terrorist attacks and they uh, helped to change security in our buildings. So I think this is just a moment uh, of shock, uh, you know, of obviously for everybody. No. But uh, in the long run, I think it will help to shape our schools, our office buildings. our I mean, uh, the only thing I'm not sure what's going to happen in the immediate term is elevators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> because they uh, tend to be small in New York and the waiting time is kind of long. But, uh, you know, so this is going to be a bottleneck for, for, the, for the office buildings, I think. Not necessarily the office space because because we have plenty of it and, and the yeah. uh,
0: Well, unless they make the building so wide that you can have like 10 elevators, you know, five in each side, and then reduce some type of weighting, but be, obviously because of the length of the building or the width, you know, unfortunately you might have only three elevators because of the way the building and design, and you're building on a certain block. Um, you, you touched on a point that I, I wanted to get back to. When it comes to design, and, 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 you know, you have, let's say, a lot that, that a developer got, um, and you, you're going to design it, obviously, to fit that lot. Now, it, does there come a problem if you have uh, the, the, the developer has some type of, you know, vision, and you say, well, listen, it's not going to fit in this neighborhood or in this block because it's only, and I'm, I'm just throwing a number at you, 30 by 100. Um, do you come up with an alternative design for them? Do you say, hey, this this will work better? Or is the developer so set on what he wants to accomplish that he's not going to listen to you?
1: (laughs) I mean... I'm
0: pretty sure you went through that before. Come on, Barbara. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, um, you know, not exactly uh, what you are describing, but uh, I I did have requests that were impossible and I am very hard to say no. I always like to get to the bottom of things and find a way uh, to do it. Uh, But uh, there are sometimes requests that are impossible so you have to be a negotiator and um, an educator in a way to explain things. Uh, you know, not always easy task, but mm. I think this is where your uh, ability to compromise things and and actually, when you compromise, you don't give up. It's, right. uh, it's you find sometimes a better way of doing something. So if the goal, for example, is to have that many. Square feet, maybe it's not the height, maybe it's something else where you can, you know, make up the. Uh, I mean, it's each case is different, it's so different, it's hard yeah. to say, but in general, there is always a different way of looking at things. And right. this is actually what makes our profession beautiful because it's uh, unique each time. Each time you learn something new, you have to stay creative. <laughs> All the time, there's never one answer to everything, and and I think
0: that's why we never bored. No, I, I can understand that because, like I said, you just go around the city or around the world, and some of the buildings that were designed, museums, baseball stadiums, sports stadiums in general. Uh, I, I mean, I'm amazed. So, so if somebody wanted to, let's say, they they hear the show and they go, "Wow, I want to fo- follow in Barbara's footsteps." I, um what would be like a couple of, of steps would they go to um if they want to become an architect slash engineer like yourself?
1: Um well yeah, I mean uh I suppose I mean you have to go to uh, college um um and and there is quite a few in New York City itself and, and uh that are you know very good. Right. Um So I mean, each one has a little bit different profile. I used to teach at Parsons, okay, uh, and I used to teach at Pratt. Also, so there be two schools that someone can look up. So those are the two that are um, you now that are offering, um, um, but, but they are unique. Uh, they are different. Columbia has an excellent program, of course. Okay. Uh, there's uh, New Jersey. Institute, uh, New York and New Jersey Institute of Technology, also uh, City College, um, and uh, am I missing something? Uh, FIT, maybe uh, for more for design, not so much. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, that's a listen. It's a good start. You know, like I said, someone might listen to this and say, you know what, I want to become an architect, engineer, you know, designer. I, you know, this is something that's exciting. Barbara, listen, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I'm hoping you stay safe as well as your family. So, if Barbara, if somebody wanted to contact you. What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? You got a website or go to yeah? There
1: go? is a contact page on our website um, and email. Uh, so that's probably the best. And what's the name? And what's the uh, oh yeah, Lewandowska Architect dot com.
0: Architect dot Okay, sounds good. Well, listen, again, Barbara, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me and Peter Pierre. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you uh, very much. Stay safe and have yeah, a nice too. day.
0: You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, everyone, that was Barbara Lewandowska. You can find that at lewandowskaarchitect.com. Barbara, from butchering your last name, I apologize. Uh, that's L-E-W-A-N-D-O-W-S-K-A-Architect.com. Again, thank you so much for being on today's show. Also, you can find me at peer2peerrealestate.com. That's peer2peerrealestate.com. Number two, Check out our past shows, our resource page, and our blog. Also, if you guys go to peer Estate podcast on iTunes, please subscribe, leave a review. Tell us how we can make this show better. And a couple of more things, guys, before we go. Do not give up on your dreams. I really believe if you go for it, don't let anyone talk you out of it, you can achieve it. And also, keep the momentum going. Good things will happen. Anyway, on behalf of Peer to Peer Real Estate Show, I'm Willie Morales. Until next time, thanks everybody. Have a great, great day and stay safe. Bye.